Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, hello, everybody, and welcome. Oh, I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This. This is Don't Miss This. <laughs> okay, today, this is a little bit tricky because we're doing, okay, just a little tell you the title, and we'll show you how to find the other later, but Joseph Smith Matthew 1 and Matthew 24, Matthew 25, Luke 21, Mark 12, Mark 13. Two weeks in a row, Woo. we did the whole Bible. Yes. We'll talk about this Joseph Smith Matthew business in just a second. But we want to start off with this story of Jesus in the temple that we just can't skip or it'll be a sin. So um, this is the best version of it is in Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 41. And I don't know if you were with us last week. You remember Jesus when he comes in for his last week in Jerusalem. It's a festival week, which means hundreds and thousands and thousands of people uh, are there um, for Passover. And so the outer court of the temple is just packed with people. And, um, and Jesus is there, and he's been teaching and spending time in the temple all day. And then this little scene happens at the end of Mark chapter 12 with a certain poor widow. And this started in verse 41. And Jesus was over against the treasury. Now, in um, a couple of the corners of the outer court was the treasury for the temple where people would come in and give um, a tithing, essentially, a temple tax that they would pay to help you know work at the work of the temple and what they had are these giant like trumpet shaped metal things and that is where you would put your money in uh into them and so what you have is all these people it says casting much money into the tread into the treasury and, and many that were rich it, right? absolutely so here in this temple you would have had most of the coins were made out of metal and they were also metal and so if you wanted to make a scene about you paying money to the temple, that would have been easy. Because you could have just sat there and just clank, clank, <laughs> clank, 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 clank. You know, me think of that green machine just, where you don't oh, yeah. all your <laughs> I hate when people do that. I'm just like, oh, sorry if you do it. But it seriously is so loud. It's just like, oh my gosh, and I want their money. Um, but just throwing that in, in to the thing. And then there came a certain poor widow. And she threw in two mites, which make a farthing, which is such a small, small amount of money, less than a penny's worth of money. And they were kind of made out of stone. And so, and they're just like, they're smaller than like a dime. You know, mm. they're just the littlest things. Um, and, and would have thrown those in. Now, what I love about this story is um, in verse 43, he called unto him his disciples and saith unto him that this poor widow cast in more. Um, she of all her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Um, that he noticed about her that she gave all. You know, and what's interesting is for her, that was just two mites. Mm -hmm. Her whole heart and soul and might equaled two mites. Um, but I love that, imagine in your mind this temple that is filled with people to the brim from foreign countries. So there's language and yabbering and there's animals bellowing and there's just, 
um, the clang, 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 clang of, mm-hmm. of the of the tithing trumpets, you know, that are just going and going and going and going. And this little lady would have just moved her way all the way through, right? Um, and put in two little stone mites that would have made no noise. And I love in the chaos of that entire temple, she would have been overlooked. But Jesus sees her. And not even his disciples knew um, what she was giving. Only he knew. In the Bible video, that oh, he, that everyone he has of, to watch that yeah, Bible video. He kind of wants to make sure they don't miss what's about to happen right. in that moment. I love that yes. so much. And they're all watching, and it is just her private moment. We don't even know if she ever finds out that he knew she put in right. the two mites, right? It's something he watches over, but but she probably never even knows that took place. And I love when you um, read it and it tells you for all of these people cast in of their abundance, right? They just, they brought what was extra. They brought their excess. And then I love when it says, but she of her want, and if you look up the Greek translation for that word want, it means a falling short, which is such an interesting description of, because she of her falling short, of, because of everywhere where she wasn't enough. You know, where everyone else was like too much and more than enough. But this woman, because of where she wasn't enough, gave everything she had. Yeah. Um, and um, it was all it was all her living. It was everything she had. She gave to the temple. Um, and probably knowing the blessings that were going to come back to her through that. And I wonder how many of us relate to this woman. How many of us can think of that place where we are falling short and... Um, when we look at what we have to offer into that place, it's it's not very much. It's it, maybe we don't even feel like it's our best, but it's just simply it's all we have. Yeah. And I love the fact that he accepts that, and not only does he accept it, but like he takes note of it. He makes mention of those things that we think are maybe our our smallest offering, are some of our best oh, in and, his eyes. Yeah, and not only takes note of it, but wants his disciples to see it. Like calls them over. It's like, mm-hmm. I want you all to see what discipleship looks like. Mm-hmm. A couple Christmases ago, I um, found this painting of the widow by Annie Henry. Mm-hmm. And I love it because it's actually a young mother and she's holding a baby because we don't know how old this lady is. Mm-hmm. Like we always think that she's this old lady. And in the Bible videos, you just have to watch it because it really is the cutest old lady that ever came to the world, <laughs> except for my own grandma. Um, but like, um, and maybe she was this older widow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the idea of this young mother, and she's got this baby in her arms, you know, in this painting. And I gave it to Jenny a couple of years ago because Jenny was um, just in the thick of Mm -hmm. young motherhood and if she would have described what she felt like her life was like she would have said i feel like i'm in want or i'm not giving enough to you know what our house needs what the Mm -hmm. kids need and everything and i i wanted to give that to her uh to let her know that man at one o'clock in the morning when you feel like you don't have enough to give or i don't know how to help jack with his math or i don't know how to you know raise Mm -hmm. Christian the right way. I was like, even Jesus's disciples won't notice what it is that you are giving, but he definitely does. Mm -hmm. And he accepts it as if it were, 
you know, this yes. grundle of money from yep. others. Like what so what you have to give. He, Even in the moments when you think you're falling short. He accepts it, right? Yeah. The primary teachers who are in the room and there's like, the bishop doesn't know what's happening. <laughs> That's right. He doesn't. He really doesn't. But God knows mm -hmm. what it is that you're giving and you what you're giving is your heart. Mm-hmm. It's a lack. It's never yeah. enough. You always want to give more. That's all. Everybody yeah. like, you know, yeah. I saw, I was down at women's conference today. Well, this is going to be a couple weeks later. And I saw um, Laurel Day's, her talk was called that you are enough. Mm. And, and that, she's so good at teaching. About oh my that. gosh. And it's going to be the most popular class there because that is what everybody feels like. I'm not enough. And, and, and this story says like, oh, you're right. You will give in your lack, but you should know that it is enough for him. You've given your heart. And that's what he always, yeah. you know, wanted. So, good. so such a good story. That is a great story. And we'll put a link to Annie Henry's painting because yes. now everybody wants a copy yes, of it in their they house. Do. Yes, they do. I just gave all y'all a Christmas present idea. You're welcome. <laughs> Wait, okay. It's not even close to Christmas. Well, it's probably past Mother's Day. We don't know. Oh, by the time this comes out. Okay, yeah. well, maybe August. Okay, things. fun. Every, every um, mom wants an August present. Good idea. <laughs> okay, let's talk about this Matthew business. Okay, so Matthew 24 is the same as Joseph Smith Matthew 1. So Joseph Smith Matthew 1 is a Joseph Smith translation of Matthew, Matthew chapter 24. 24. Um, so, And let's say where to find it. Yeah. Okay, someone has never been there before. It's going to be in the Pearl of Great Price. You're going to go past Moses, past Abraham... Um, then you'll hit it. And then you're going to hit it right after that. Joseph Smith, Matthew is what it's called at, at the intro, but but it's called JSM1 also. So it's a little tricky, but that is where it is. Um, Joseph Smith, or well, Matthew 24 is the signs of the times. It's Jesus is gathering his apostles. They want to ask what the signs um, of the second coming are going to be, and he just lays the whole thing out. And um, who loves that they ask, when are you coming back before <laughs> before he ever leaves? Leave. That's how you know they like him. Yes, you know, if you're at your so grandma's true. house and you're and you're like, and the kids are like, well, you know, when are we coming back before you ever leave? You should take yes. that as a compliment yeah. to your grandma. So but true. they want to know, when are you coming back? And he says, here are the things to, to watch, watch for. for. Yeah. And meanwhile, I said we should have just done one whole thing on Joseph Smith Matthew because I love it so much, everyone. I love it. Let me just say this. If in heaven you got to line up for the era you wanted to come to, have we ever talked about this? Yes, There's because only I think two we're the same. <laughs> I would have chosen. Either, so just pretend we got a pick when we came. I think we did, maybe. Either I would have been I a pioneer. Oh my gosh. I would have. I, I love the pioneers so much. I would have either I would have chosen. You have not read enough stories about crossing Nebraska I or to. Iowa. I wanted to do all that with my kids. Or. Live to see the second coming. I can't believe you wanted to be a pioneer yet. I still like, I'm like <laughs> okay. in my head, I can't even like. I wanted to like, be a pioneer. No one ever talks about screaming kids on the pioneer trek. <laughs> and that is the, I can't even no, keep them in my outside. van. They were so happy. There were no oh, seatbelts. There were, were no, no car seats. I don't keep, I just, I do. I do everyone. I don't want the emails. Okay, listen. Since okay, I fine. wasn't a pioneer. Okay. I'm hoping <laughs> that you're it might be the second coming. Well, President Nelson told us in conference it's like tomorrow, I feel okay. like. So. so this is something you for sure want to read um, and just go through. Should we just give them some hints? Like you yeah, want to know the beginning of it. We are. Let's okay, 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 okay. The beginning of oh, it actually is 
the okay. God of... From 1 to 21 is 70 AD. Okay, that's before. That's things that happened before. You're going to want to watch for a parallel that will happen again. So it's well, they've already happened. They already so happened. So 1 through the... 21 Jerusalem haven't happened siege. for the disciples, but their history oh, sorry, for us. For us. Yeah. yeah. Good explaining. They hadn't happened yet for them. None of it had happened for them. So he's giving them two things. For us, when you read 1 through 21, that happened already. So just read. But you're watching for what happened because he's going to tell us and again and again. It's going to happen. You're going to watch it again. So you want to watch what happened then. And then starting in 22 is where we're going to see our signs of the times. We pulled out just a couple that we love. And I told... David, I'm just going to put one little extra in the newsletter because there's so many good <laughs> ones in here. So in the newsletter, look for the abomination of desolation. I can't resist. Um, but the other one that I love in here, um, it tells us twice to watch because um, the very powers of heaven shall be shaken. I've always wondered what that meant, that word shaken. And you see it two times in here. And there's a couple places you want to go. I'll say them here, but we'll also put them in the newsletter. So if you get the newsletter, you'll have them. But if not... Um, Doctrine and Covenants 21.6, Doctrine and Covenants 35.24. And you have exclamation points. That's my favorite one, 21.6. <laughs> Doctrine and Covenants 29.14, Doctrine and Covenants 84.119. There's just one more, 121, 33 through 36. Sometimes it's just fun to gather scriptures that give you more insight, especially into things that you're like, well, what does that, like, what yeah. would that mean? So if you can find other places where that word was used, and start piecing them together, it kind of helps you expand your thoughts on, oh, this is this is probably what this is talking about. So that's a fun study to do. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? Okay. Uh, mine, <laughs> my sign of the time that I like am most interested in, I wouldn't call it my favorite, but the one I'm most interested in is actually not in Matthew 24. <laughs> so a good companion <laughs> chapter to Matthew 24 is Doctrine and Covenants 45. So we'll go over this in two years. So, I, I just, so hopefully I just the committed. second coming is not <laughs> just, in two years. I just committed ourselves to this If the for second coming two years. is before two years, it's his fault for okay. not letting us talk well, about it. Well, I'm about to tell you. Um, plus the book of Revelation is a good, you know, another book to look for. Listen, we just left a box on here for <laughs> signs of his coming that you can do whatever you want. Something that might be fun is to make a list of them and, and talk together. It's like, is this something we think has been fulfilled? Or, you know, what, what might this mean? But this is when it's in section 45 which is a great, again, a great companion section to Matthew 24. Um, and he says, And in that day, you've heard this first part a lot, there shall be heard of wars and rumors of wars, and the whole earth shall be in commotion, and men's hearts shall fail them. Um, and people will say that Christ delayeth his coming. And I, I, that I, it's one I think a lot about, about just the whole world being in commotion to the spot where people's hearts are failing them. And that, that is something I feel like I am on watch for all the time is mm -hmm. I don't want people's hearts to fail them. And, and what can I do to prevent that from happening? And, and you can just hear, the, in, you can read in this and like where people are saying he's delaying his coming. Like the, I think the temptation like we see in 3rd Nephi chapter 1 where people are like, he's not coming back. Like it's a fairy tale. Like he's like things will just get to that point where people are like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, you know, and that man, oh, that just the idea of people's hearts failing them just really, really gets to me. Um, and and also I wanted to bring that one up because 
the next chapter, Matthew 25. So Jesus is going to go through and everyone's like, when are you coming back? And then he tells them all these things that are not happy signs, you know? Yes. Like him coming is very, very happy. And he actually tells them, be really happy when you see wars and rumors of wars because it means I'm, I'm right coming. around the corner, mm-hmm. you know? But um, I think it was Elder Maxwell who said, like, even to the, um, even to the faithful that, that are warmed by the fire of faith, these things cause you to shudder. You know, some mm-hmm. of these things that you read. Um, Matthew 25. So Matthew 24 is everything that you can expect before his coming. What to watch for. What to watch what for. signs. Matthew 25 are three parables of preparation. So they go together with Matthew 24. Remember we always say like what spurred the parable? Well, in this one, what's, what spurs? <laughs> what inspires these parables are how do I prepare my heart for the things in Matthew 24? He's coming again. So how do I get myself ready for that coming? Mm-hmm. So three parables of preparation in Matthew 25. The ten virgins, um, the parable of the talents, and the parable of the sheep and the goats. So we have just left three boxes if you use the study guide sheet to just like fill in the notes and impressions and thoughts that you have about um, each of these. And we'll just mm-hmm. say a couple of, of thoughts about each one. The Ten Virgins will go through fast. It's the one we talk about the most often when we go to DNC 25. I mean, DNC, now you've got me in the Doctrine and Covenants facts. <laughs> Matthew 25. Um, and so we'll just go through and maybe point out some of our favorite parts. But um, there were ten virgins. And they took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And I think one thing that is important is right at the very beginning. Um, that they all accepted the invitation. Mm-hmm. And they all had a lamp. And they all arrived at the place they were supposed to be on time. And President Kimball tells us this is not five people who loved Christ and five who didn't. Or five people who were religious in their life and five who weren't. This is ten people who knew who the bridegroom was, who had been invited to the wedding, who knew to bring a lamp and had showed up. In those days to bring a lamp, um, it, it was common for a couple to invite their very best friends to come. And wait. And because there was no electricity, because there was no lights, when the call was made that the bridegroom was coming, they would light their lamps because usually it was dark by that time of night when the wedding was going to start. They would light their lamps and stand by the door and and bring light in honor of the bridegroom and all right. of his family who would come in the door. So these were women who were close to the bridegroom. And I think it's important for us to remember that, that those women Specifically all invited, us. right. All ten people were people who would have loved him and were anxious mm-hmm. for him to come. Um, and and who is going to honor him when he gets there? And who's going to be ready for this great, you know, celebration? Um, what's happening while they're waiting is the two families are negotiating. So the bridegroom is actually negotiating, you know, the dowry and everything for the for the bride. Is she an eight cow wife or whatever? <laughs> you know. Um, so the fact that it's taking a long time means that um, this is a very valuable bride in the eyes of everybody. And so what's interesting in this parable is you and I uh, play the role of the ten virgins waiting, but we actually are also the bride mm-hmm. because that's our role also symbolically is Jesus is the bridegroom and, and we are the church. We, yeah, the, church, the church is or the bride. Is the bride. So mm-hmm. right off the very bat, there's, a, there's kind of a compliment that you are very, very valuable in his mm-hmm. eyes and he is spending a long time you know, in this negotiation because of how much he values the bride. 
And the difference here is there's only one difference in these 10, and it is some brought oil with them and some didn't. Right. Um, and, and the evening starts and it gets going. And also another thing that is common among all of them is they all fall asleep, right? Yeah. You watch this pattern of everyone is doing all the same things. And then the cry is made, the bridegroom is here, you have to trim those lamps and um, get them ready. And that process is so important because if you don't trim that wick, those lamps won't burn. So it is this process of getting back down to the clean part of the wick, getting rid of everything that is old, and then you fill your lamp up and then you light your lamp, but there, five of them don't have oil. And we remember they can't share their oil um, in the Doctrine and Covenants, we read that that oil has to do with the Spirit. Um, it has to do with... Yeah, we with, put that little cross-reference there so that you can see that. Um, you know, with those things that as much as you want to share, that you just can't share. A lot of times when I'm teaching seminary, I'll tell my kids, um, I can read the Book of Mormon and have a testimony of it, but I cannot give you my testimony of the Book of Mormon. You right. have to experience it. For yourself i can tell you all day long how much i love the book of mormon but if you want to love the book of mormon you're going to have to read it and the same is true for paying tithing i can tell you my testimony of tithing but until you've tried it for yourself you won't have that same um oil reserve right of that and so and remember if, that the the whole intention of our life on earth is who we become right so we can give we can give some things away but we can't give away who, we've who I've become, become through through my experiences. Because you read this the first time and you're like, come on, sisters. You know, give said the little stream. Give said the little stream and share yes. the oil. But like, I cannot share, you know, that. so that might be a great activity to kind of talk mm -hmm. about. What kind of things can we share with others? And what and kind what of things we? are we just unable to, right? Mm -hmm. Because the five are just unable to do it. Yeah, and I think that's important. Um, it wasn't that they didn't love them, they didn't care for them, or they didn't feel like they should be there. It was that they couldn't. That was something everyone had to obtain for themselves. And the same is true today. Um, as we're looking at building up what we know about Jesus Christ, that's something we, that happens through personal one-on-one -on -one experience with him. And we have to open our heart and be daring enough for some of us to engage in that relationship. That's, right. that's what has to happen. So it's interesting because when they go to buy, the bridegroom comes and they that were ready go in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. And it, um, afterward came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered in Matthew 25, he says, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. I love that um, Joseph Smith changed that translation yeah. to say, you know me not. Um, it's just such a different way of reading that and realizing that even though they had been invited to the wedding, the part of the process they were missing was the coming to know Jesus. Yeah. And, and that was the important part, that they weren't strangers to him when he came. And for each of us, is important to look at and just think, um, what am I doing to improve my relationship with Jesus Christ? And how am I coming to know him better? Because that becomes our reserve. Right. And, and that oil in that reference, you know, talking about they took the Holy Spirit to be their guide. You know, that they had those personal experiences where they came to know. It's interesting, like, from the outside, you would look at all ten of them, and you would never know if their lamps were filled or whether their lamps were empty mm -hmm. or not because they look like all, they look yeah. like disciples. But yeah. it's what is, have they really come to know him, or do they just look the part? Yeah, and know? there's just something about those reserves that 
it's just that that thought of that depth and the reserve um, that you've gathered and gained that becomes important. So it's not a checklist. That's super super mm-hmm. important. That we're not saying like who's ready for the second coming. Oh, it's people who pay their tithing and it's people who read the scriptures and it's it's like well no 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 no. Who knows him? Who yeah. has come to know him? And, is, and how have you come? Right. And, and those things might say, be right. Yeah, that's how I came I to know him. It's because I read the Book of Mormon and it led me closer to Christ. Or, um, you know, those are those are things that lead us to know him. But it's just coming. Right. To Remember know in him. John seventeen three, he says, "This is life eternal that you know me mm-hmm. and the Father." Yeah. You know. Okay, that's such a great parable. A lot of great discussion can happen. Um, with that one. Okay, the next one, the kingdom of heaven is like unto um, a man who goes into a far country and de- gives kind of control over his business to um, three of his servants, right? And while he's to, gone. And he's going to be gone. And while I'm gone, you right? Take care so of it's interesting because Jesus, remember when he comes, he initiates the kingdom of God. And it's not until he returns that there will be that full consummation of the kingdom of God, right? Where the kingdom of God will be fully on the earth, right? Because Jesus starts it when he comes in the meridian of time. And then it's not until the millennial day that it's like full swing, right? So it's kind of a parable about that, that I've come, initiated it, and I've handed it over to my servants while I'm gone temporarily, right? And to so to his servants, one, he gets five talents, another two, and then um, to another one. Now, um... A talent is, it's hard to do money, but a talent is about $1.2 million in worth. So he's not, this, these, are, these are not like the floor sweepers, you know, the <laughs> servants. Like these are like ones that he really, really trusts. So even to the one that were like, he gave him one talent, he, he gave him $1.2 million to invest yeah. and to, you know, and to take care of and then to another two and to another five, right? So we ought to know that these are highly, highly trusted Servants. This is, a, this is a very, very, whatever he's handing over to all three of them is very, very valuable to him. And he's handing it over. One thing I think it's important when we tell this parable as we talk about it in groups and families is sometimes I call it the parable of the monies instead of the talents because we quickly want to interpret it as your talents, like playing the piano or something like that. Right. And so to not go there, you might want to say like, okay, this is a parable about money. This is a parable about his treasures. Mm-hmm. It's a parable about his wealth. And he's handing over his treasure and his wealth to these people. Okay, so for those who don't know the story, when he comes back again, the guy who was given the five monies now has ten monies. Okay? And he's invested it and, and, and now it's ten. And the and the and the guy who had two, right, he comes to reckon, you know, to give an accounting and, and homeboys made four. Okay, right? So he's like now he's so notice double, double. Yeah, they both and, they both increase the same amount right. equally. Both and the same increase. what he says to both of them is, "Well done, now good and faithful." Like so, the praise is the same For both. to the guy who 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 moved five to ten and the guy who moved two to four. Mm-hmm. Right? Same, same praise, same acceptance. Right? Then the third guy, he comes and he says, "Well, I dig, I I buried it. I digged in the earth." <laughs> <laughs> and and I hid the Lord's money and and when and and when he comes to him right he says uh, that's what I did and um, 
I got nothing. So I've you read know? the parable the same way as he has, switching it for money. And even still in my mind, I'm like, I, I just don't get it. I don't get, I mean, these two were good businessmen, but what if the last guy wasn't? And then he was like, well, this will be smart. I'll just put it in savings, right? I feel like that is just as good. <laughs> he just put it in the ground. It was still there when he came back. And one day, Greg and I were talking about it, and he was like, I don't think we understand this parable. Like, I keep having a feeling we don't understand this parable. And I'm like, okay, let's look at it from your point of view then. Let's try and figure it out from your point of view. So we started out and it said, the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And I was like, okay, if you were gonna call your servants, who would it be? And he named off all of our kids. And I said, okay, and what are your goods gonna be? And if you know Greg well, you know, it's his chickens. That is his best thing, is his chickens. So I'm like, all right, let's see how this works out, okay? So um, we, you come in, you bring him in, you've got Josh, and um, you've got Megan, and you've got Grace, okay? There's everybody who's there. And you're gonna give um, Josh five chickens, okay? He's gotta take care, you're leaving. Josh is gonna take care of five chickens. And Megan's gonna take care of two chickens, and Grace is gonna take care of one chicken. <laughs> You love it. It was Grace, don't you? <laughs> you all wish you knew Grace. So Caleb takes his. Or Grace, Josh are you takes, watching this? We miss you. Grace, she's on her mission. Josh takes his five chickens, and what are the chickens going to do while Greg's gone? If Josh takes care of them, how are multiply? They gonna, yeah, right. They're going to increase. Yeah, they're going to increase. There's going to be an increase of eggs, and then there's going to be an increase of chickens, and there is going to be an increase by the time it's over. And Megan takes her two chickens, and she feeds them, and she waters them while Greg's gone. And when he gets back, there is an increase, right? They've had eggs, and Grace takes her chicken, and what does she do? <laughs> she buries it. Like, what if? Like, <laughs> <laughs> she buries it. Greg's favorite chicken. Just pretend it's his favorite one. She buries it. Okay, he's gone for like two weeks. So he comes back. Josh is like, look what happened. These five chickens had this many eggs. This is the increase. Yeah. And Greg's well like, done. well done. You did so good with the chickens. And Megan comes and here's these two chickens and here's their increase. And good job. And he puts them all in their little cage that he's built them and they all live, go back and live happily. And then he says, Grace. And Grace goes, it's been two weeks. She digs up her chicken, brings it in. It's still a chicken. True. But it is a dead one. <laughs> okay, see the problem? All of a sudden you see the problem when it becomes chickens. Mm -hmm. Because that chicken, not only did it not have any increase, is it ever going to? No, it is dead. It'd been better if Grace had taken her chicken over to Tasha's house. And just, yeah. Instead, <laughs> let somebody else take care of it. Let someone else take care of it. And as we were reading through, I'm like, hold on. This is not a parable about talents or about money. This is a parable about people. Right. Because if you want to ask, fill in the blank, what is God's greatest treasure? What's his goods? What is he most interested in? And what would he choose his most trusted servants to take care of? Right? And that is his children. It's people. It's people. Right? And, and he's going to give you five. And he's going to give me two. And he's going to give Grace one. Right, and he's gonna say, "You, you take these, and you water them, and you feed them, and you and bring about their increase. Yeah, and you like bring about their increase, their, their character, and their happiness. And and I need you to take care of these things. Help them to grow. Help them to, you know, 
to change. Like, just look mm-hmm. out for them and look after them. You it's know, so... Oh, say what you're No, no, no I was just going to say that, like, we were talking a little bit earlier about... Sometimes there's people who have um, a, a really wide reach, right? Like, we've got a, a ton of people watching, you know, these videos, and that's awesome. But that's not our ministry. Like, this is our, like, service and our gift, but it's not our ministry. Like, it, it comes in those... In those five or two or one people that God gives over to us in our lives. And he's like, I want you to take care of this person. Like, this is your person Mm -hmm. to look after in in their life. And that is where all the good in God's kingdom happens, is on one on one ministry. ministry. And it's so interesting because when he goes to that um, one and says, what what happened here? Um, and you're going to start seeing a pattern that is, of all these parables, this is going to be the most important pattern. So be watching as this happens. Um, he says to him, um, what, what, what happened with the one? And then he which had received the one talent, in verse 24, came and said, Lord, I knew thee, that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou, that where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth, lo, where there thou hast that is thine um here's the interesting part does that sound like jesus Mm. and what you realize is same problem as the five foolish virgins did the man know christ yeah great at at the end connection um again we have that same thing happening where he's he's like i i knew you and then he describes who jesus christ is not yeah and in, in the end, what was the problem? Wasn't the five, the two, or the one? The problem was, again, and the message of the parable is, you didn't come to know me and how I minister and how I um, take care of it. And when I give you something, what my hope is, you know, for that and why I hope for it. Oh, there's so much more that's in there that we could think about, which is so, you know, yeah. like you're just like, why does he respond that way at the very end? Yeah. What a great discussion. Um, okay, then we go to the third one. Which is the best one. Yeah, okay, so this good. is what makes this third one really unique. Is It starts in 31 and says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, and when he sits down upon the throne and gathers all the nations together, he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divided the sheep from the goats, and some to the right hand and some to the left, Right? Um, so what you are being happening here is a painting of Judgment Day, right? So that is what, when Jesus comes again and all the scenes are wrapped up, he was going to make a division, right? So this is, you know, we don't know what Judgment Day looks like, but this is how it's being described in parable form is like this. Um, and this is the only time in scripture that I can find where it is described what Jesus will account for on Judgment Day. Like what is, what are the questions, mm-hmm. you know, what is actually going to be on his mind for the what he's going to call who are my sheep on my right hand and who are the goats goats are like um rebellious and and by nature like an independent and and don't listen to their shepherds if you love goats don't worry you just go ahead and keep loving yeah sorry but that's just kind of what they're like you know and that's why he says sheep and goats like sheep are those who actually want to be near the shepherd and he's like let me tell you the difference between those who want to run from me and those who want to stay with me. Those who are my right hand, the sheep, and the goats on the left. And he says to the ones on his right hand, right? Come, you blessed of my father, and inherit the kingdom that was prepared for you from the foundation of the world, right? Come and rule and reign 
um, together with me. Um, and here's the description. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. And then the righteous will say unto him, Lord, when did we see you hungered or thirsty and fed you? When did we see you a stranger? When did we see you sick or in prison? And then this great verse in verse 40, the answer, and the king will answer and say, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. That is the only description of what the Lord is looking for looking mm-hmm. for uh, uh, on judgment day by this shall all men know that you are my disciples by the way that you love others right i just when jesus i just imagine judgment day being a day where god calls all people together and he doesn't care about whether they had the right doctrines or whether they believe things exactly right like i just feel like you know, if he gathers together this this group of this religious faith and says, okay, you were off a little bit doctrinally, but watch how easily I can fix that in two seconds, right? I can tell you what is actually true in, in two seconds. Or this this group over here, or even members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he might gather them and say like, look, you were kind of off doctrinally on this, this, and this, <laughs> thing, and what you were teaching in your Sunday school or on don't miss this, you know? Um, but watch how quickly I can I can change that. But the real question is, did you love people well, right? Like all these other things I don't care about. He, can, he can fix. He can set them straight. He can get it. And just the way so he does now, right? Fast. As he's slowly leading along and, and, and helping us try and get things right. Yeah, we're just going to, that's okay. But we're as long as you're out. loving along the way, the, that, the rest can be worked out. And he even says it in that verse 40. Inasmuch as you did it unto one of the least, and I just want you to imagine in your mind who that is. Mm-hmm. Who are those that are considered the least in our communities and in our countries or in, in, in this world? Who are those that, that everybody else might call the least? Mm-hmm. And, and he says, I took it personally the way you treated mm-hmm. those people. They yeah. are so near and they are my treasures. And the way that you treated them, I took that very, very personally, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you loved well. And thank you for taking care of mm-hmm. them while I was gone. Thank yeah. you for feeding and, and clothing, clothing and, and caring and, and, and healing and, and, and yes. all those things. And I think it's interesting because we're going to come full circle with this one again, just the way we did with the 10 virgins and the way we did with the chickens. Um, you, you come here because remember when he says to the goats the ones on the other side he says i was a hungered and you gave me no meat and i was thirsty and you gave me no drink i was a stranger and you took me not in naked and you clothed me not sick and in prison ye visited me not and then they will say lord when did we see you um any of these things and he will answer um that same thing as as even if you did it not then you did it not to me and again it is going to come back to that thing how well did you know me how well, how well did you know how to serve because of how you knew me? And it's interesting that in both of those, they were, they were like, wait, when did we see yeah. you a stranger? Yeah. But it didn't matter because their knowledge of what would Jesus do allowed them to do what needed to be done. 
And their lack of knowledge of what Jesus would do is what didn't allow what needed to happen to be done. And so as you read through 25, uh, there's great principles in the parables, right? The great, one great. teaches us about having the Holy Ghost with us. The one teaches us about the power of ministering. The one teaches us about the power of seeing people as if they were, what would Jesus do in that situation? You see that. But at the end of the day, all three testify of the importance of coming to know Jesus Christ. And our greatest preparation for the second coming is that why? Because he tells us so he won't come unrecognizable to us. So when he appears, we will know him because that's what we spent our entire life trying to do. Right. And I just feel like, and how do you come to know him? By serving shoulder to shoulder, hand in hand with him. That is how a person comes to know him is being in the places in this world where he would be. Mm -hmm. And he would be out seeking the lost. And he would be in the prisons. Mm -hmm. And he would be at the table of the hungry. And he's like, so if I'm there yes, in the prison, he, there's a good chance he's I'm going to get to know him because yeah. that, that's exactly where, where he's mm -hmm. going to be. I, did I tell that story about Jackson and his teacher? No. His preschool teacher. Maybe we'll just end on this. One more parable. <laughs> I my Jackson, my oldest, is just a like everybody is like um, he was our first, and so we were extra like careful as parents. But also like Jackson just had a personality that was a little bit unique, you know. And like like all parents, like I know how to take care of him when he's sad, and I know what how to cheer him up, and and I know what he's afraid of, and I know how to protect him. Like and he's just re re really particular in all those things. So I remember being petrified. It's usually the mom's job <laughs> to be really scared when you send off a kid and the dad's like, get on boy, you know, um, send a kid off to, to preschool and we sent him off. And I was really, really nervous to send him off because he's my treasure. And I was nervous to put him into the hands of somebody else. Like, I don't know if they're going to love him the way I know how to love him and take care of him the way that, that I know how to take care of him. You know, uh, and uh, I remember, you know, he went and he was fine. <laughs> he kept coming back every time alive, you know, and happy. And at the end of the year, they did their little thing at the, program. You know, the, program, the program, you know, so where much. they just, yes. you know, wear the little candy hats or whatever, the graduation hats or whatever, candy hats. Maybe like, I think I had candy or whatever, <laughs> you know, they're at the program and, and we're there at the park and, you know, they go through all the songs and everything and it's cute. And then when we were about to go, um, Jack wanted to go say goodbye. And Jack was a super shy kid. Um, so the fact that he like ran over to Miss Denise, it was the name of his preschool teacher. He ran over to her and she knelt down on the ground and just gave him the biggest hug. And she just said, Jackson, you are so special and I love you. And gave him a big hug and he ran back to me. And I said, well, that was really nice. And he said, she says that to me every time. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> I know. And I thought, like, my dad heart melted for that woman. You know, I love, I, don't, I have no idea who she is. And she doesn't know who I am. You know, but I loved her so dearly because she took care of my little Jack and loved him when he, when I sent him away from the comfort and safety mm -hmm. of home. And I just can't imagine that God feels any differently. Well, he probably, he does, right? But um, that he's, yeah, Same, bigger. bigger. Sent us away. And he's the one who knows how to love us. He knows how to take care of us. He knows how to look out after us. And he puts us into the care 
of other people. And from a dad's point of view, let me tell you how dearly and how personally a father takes it when somebody else looks out after their treasured kids. Mm. That's exactly how he feels, right? So that's what that's what life's all about. That's what the world's mm-hmm. all about, you know. And that judgment day scene is just the father getting a chance, one by one, to thank everybody for the way that they took care of, of his other. children so and, good. and each other. Yeah, right. So good. So, so, all right. Yeah, it's a good week. We love all of those. Yeah. And see you in two years for Doctor and Covenants. <laughs> <laughs> Really see you next week. We'll just be right in the gospels, everyone. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.